Welcome to In Conversation with Lyndon Terracini, the podcast where we meet the extraordinary talents, both on stage and off, working at Opera Australia. These conversations were all originally filmed for our streaming service, OATV. You can find more online at tv.opera.org.au, as well as full productions and behind-the-scenes footage. And just a quick note, this conversation was recorded in mid-2020, when our Brisbane Ring Cycle was still scheduled for the end of the year. It's since been postponed until October and November 2021. You can find more information at opera.org.au forward slash ring. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My special guest today is uh, the wonderful director, Xi Jing Chen. And uh, he'll be directing The Ring in Brisbane later this year. But he's had an extraordinary career from where he uh, began in his homeland of China uh, to the United States and then directing all over the world. So welcome, Xi Jing. Thank you, Lyndon. So let's start with your early life in, in China. I think your, your father was a mayor of um, one of the major cities. Uh, we was born in uh, Changsha, which is Hunan province in central South China, mm -hmm. where most of the revolutionary come from. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My father was uh, yeah, secretary of this major city, and he was intellectual. He was born in uh, well, uh, a landlord family, so he joined the uh, new Chinese government, and uh, he studied law uh, before that. Mm -hmm. And my mother was a Catholic uh, women's school teacher. Uh -huh. So I was um, born in the, just sort of during the height of a cultural revolution, which was 60s sometime. Mm -hmm. And the, my, you know, my, I lost my mother when I was four. I yeah. went to see a, a straight parade. And, uh, but after that, I was uh, attracted to the song, music, dance, and I was very fortunate. I had a elementary school had a music teacher was, you know, training me to sing all the propaganda songs to the stadium mm -hmm. show as a kid and mm -hmm. do uh, revolutionary ballet as well. So mm -hmm. I was, I guess I trained, started training as eight years old, something, mm -hmm. and all the way to end of the cultural revolution till I was 14, then was a choice. You either go become a re-education yourself, become a farmer, or you join the army, we're trying to get to art school, which my father come back by then. Uh, after so the your father was taken away when you were Taken away uh, for 20 years. I never see him until uh, Mao died. He came yeah. back as a completely beat up man. Mm. And he resumed his duty as a you know, secretary uh, of the uh, city. And, um, and he was kind of, he didn't want me to go to army or go to the countryside mm. for that. And he thought, uh, maybe go to art school, mm. because uh, Hunan was quite progressive. So they opened our school early. So it was Chinese opera school, mm -hmm. five years. And uh, I got in, I was, uh, I was 14. Wow. And <laughs> so, yeah. so, but by then I feel like I already had a few years of, uh, you know, music or dance training already. Yeah. So that, that was um, very difficult because that was uh, a lot of acrobatic training. Mm -hmm and uh, uh, movement, a lot of the singing, acting. So, so you were training to be a Chinese, Chinese opera, singer. opera singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did five years. I was, um, was quite, you know, was at the top of the class. And, uh, but what really changed me was uh, I had this uh, wonderful uh, Western voice teacher who mm -hmm. is um, who's a bass baritone who studied in Russia. Uh -huh. He turned, um, 
he thought I, I was, you know, during my teenage changing voice, I was singing mm. Chinese opera, you know, it's very high, yeah, yeah, high yeah. tenor falsetto thing. Yeah. And he said, um, um, oh, you shouldn't sing like that. You should sing like Pavarotti. <laughs> <laughs> it just, he, uh, he gave me five years of free lessons every Sunday. Wow. If I go to his house, play mahjong, you know, yeah. the, 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 all the teachers, my acting teacher, they would get together every Sunday. They play mahjong, so I would, I would chip in learn how to play mahjong with them. Mm -hmm. Then in between, he take me to the you know, next room, sing on piano, doing scale, open, it, open up to sing big, big. And that, that was my, kind of my falling in love with you know, Western opera. Uh -huh. And that's why I was studying Chinese opera. And it just, just sort of got me away from that type of voice yeah. and uh, start, start really listening to the opera, listening to the voice mm -hmm. at the time. Mm. So um, I'll just take you back a bit because I think um, you started talking about your early childhood, but um, I guess it was your grandparents then that raised you because your mother uh, was killed and yes, your father yes. was taken away. So Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I'm, I guess, like many Chinese uh, books, probably people have written uh, about that period. My, mm. my father's family uh, from, you know, uh, the upper-class uh, rich landlords, so mm. they pretty much just completely destroyed that class by the time of the revolution happened. Mm. So we, my father's brothers, sisters, all sent quite far away. Mm. So I, I never seen them. I never made, made none of them. My mother's my, um, parents are stayed in Hunan and mm -hmm. they uh, had to take me and my sister who is four years older than me. And we just stayed at their house mm -hmm. in this old courtyard in one room. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was telling Audrey, I said, we're writing a film script about, you know, uh, about uh, something about Orphan, or how I directed it, because mm. it reflected me so much about that time, because yeah. everybody was in a clamped little space, and you really learn fast about who is good, who is bad to mm. you, and you as a kid, you know, you're almost like this puppy, so you really start to read humans. You yeah. really know, how, you know, what you should get into, what you shouldn't get into, so you, What's the name of the streetcar named Desire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you kind of count on strangers, or not <laughs> kindness of strangers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing I remember mostly. I just said, you really know who dislike you. Who yeah, who's you know, kind you, to you. Yeah, yeah, who's kind to you. And yeah. then you, it's also, it was a time of famine, and it's mm. really not much food to eat, and uh, it, was, it was difficult growing mm. up. I remember getting reward was uh, singing yeah. a propaganda song. You get a glass of uh, water with a little spoon of sugar. That was you, you after you're singing. Like wow. you, you get a water, you know, the school was like, wow, you got some sugar, water. <laughs> it's like, wow, yes. it's amazing. <laughs> so then later, you were performing with the Chinese Opera Company, yeah? Yes, yes. And when I graduated from, um, when I was school, we were already performing mm. uh, productions, mostly classic, you know, uh, yeah. period, a costume, uh, makeup. I was performing this kind of uh, prince and the type of role, you know, mm. and uh, then after graduating- Lead, The leading man. The leading man, yes. Lead. <laughs> yes, <laughs> leading man. And I, I it's something really, uh, I was in the op, that one of the leading man in the opera company. Something made me think was uh, not doing that was very interesting because come to a kind of full circle of becoming a director mm. because I was young, I was ambitious, and then I had teachers, and uh, I don't know, I think it's similar to Western opera. They keep saying when you're teenagers, uh, to even early 20s, they say, oh, you, you just look like somebody, you sound like somebody. Mm -hmm. So they keep emulating you, become somebody. Though, of course, 
your voice, your your character is never the same. Yeah. So you really uh, well. I didn't like to be trying to fix myself into somebody's shoe, and I just couldn't do it. I mean, yeah. I also the the style, the singing style was so different. The voice is mm. so different. Mm. So they said, "Oh, because of the opera I was studying in Hunan was much much more folkish." Mm -hmm. So I mean, we're kind of city kids. We don't yeah. really know the rural part of China or countryside. Yeah. Those music, that's where the music come from. Mm -hmm. So some, they said, oh, you so, sound westernized. Mm -hmm. But then already sounds like you're a little bit clean. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have it. So it made me think, oh, well, I actually was more <laughs> interested in learning how to sing. Sing, yeah. like a, you know, sing like Parodi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's how I went to Beijing. I started voice with one of the uh, early Chinese soprano who uh -huh. started in America. Yeah. And, was really fun because she uh, she told me all her story. You know, she was she used to sing La Traviata, mm -hmm. and of course, she only did one opera. Then the whole opera company dismantled. Yeah. And uh, so it was fascinating to hear her talk about and to listen. By then, everybody found the old recording. Mm. You know, turntables. You try and listen to the old mm. recording, and you get this impression, and you thought, oh, you want to be a Opera singer, yeah, 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 yeah. Chinese opera singer, yeah, yeah. that's my sort of late teenage twenties. That's yeah. what I was really uh, trying to do. So, what was the impetus for you um, wanting to go to America? That must have been a, a very difficult thing. It's 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 difficult because uh, in eight later um, in the eighties, uh, China was like um, open up. It's become kind of Renaissance time, and mm -hmm. the books are coming. Everyone was so excited. Can, you can read everything, you can yeah. talk about everything. It was really open and uh, suddenly came people doing new music. You know, you hear, you know, you have a studio like this in an opera company, people put Beethoven on a soundbox doing scenery painting, oh, wow. you know, Shostakovich. Gee. Yeah, it's like, it's just amazing. So you're yeah. really inspired by the sound, by yeah. the kind of kind of uh, dream of being an artist like yeah. those people. Yeah. And so you, everyone is, you're talking about America, everyone was talking about New York, mm -hmm. and they had friends um, went to America earlier, so mm -hmm. everyone was, I went, by the time I went to Beijing study in voice, and everyone was just packing themselves, trying to get a scholarship, trying to go, mm -hmm. go to America, so it just, you sort of like really want to go, and I had a sponsor, a very generous man from mm -hmm. America, when I performed in I performed Chinese opera in America in '83. Uh -huh. Oh, okay. And, uh, so you went on a tour. I, yeah, I went on tour oh, wow. and it made some impression. I was teenage. Yeah. And uh, so they, this this man was businessman and liked me, and they, he sponsored me to study mm -hmm. in in Beijing. And uh, he kept asking me. I said I want to go to America. So in the end, I got a chance to go to America mm -hmm. to study. And first, I went to um, music school. Yeah. Then I realized. I can't do what you do, and yeah, because yeah. I, I realized that I, I barely speak English. Yeah. If I have to learn Italian, French, Germans yeah. for the next 10 years, I never catch up. Because, yes. I, you know, <laughs> because I, I realized I was singing Chinese mostly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I, I got out of the you know, Boston Conservatory and mm. didn't want to do the uh, music school at NYU. And I found a director who also uh, was very generous and they gave him a scholarship on, on mm -hmm. my U. For, he was a foremost uh, kind of environmental kind of director in mm -hmm. during the 70s, uh, Richard Schachner. Mm -hmm. And they gave me a scholarship, studying directing. You know, I, I got into this uh, master program. During, during directing, I, while I was performing, I never ran, 
I found um, Marita Monk because she doesn't write words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, oh, I have a voice, I can sing. Yeah. And I was singing in words and nobody have, doesn't have it audible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I did, I was singing uh, contemporary music mm. and there was a Chinese composers, you know, like Ben Xinlang, Chan Dung, those people. And, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it was interesting. And then I was, but in my heart, I was thought, um, I can't really, I'm probably gonna, not going to make it as a parody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should really think about uh, something else. And yeah. I was performing a lot and uh, really started thinking. I always liked putting things together. Mm. I, I feel like I, I see things. Mm. I, I, you know, have, I like to put in music and images together. And that yeah. feels like more comfortable to me. Mm -hmm. So I started sort of um, uh, trying to get interacting work, mm. not really trying to sing. I think it was not, 96 or something, that was the last time I, I ever seen in mm. public. Mm. It was basically a... <laughs> but you were then working with, um, as a director with people like Philip Glass and yes. <coughs> John Adams and so on. Yes. And uh, you directed in Paris. And, um, you had a very famous production that toured all, all over the world, the Peony Pavilion. Yeah? Yes, yes. I mean, that's, that's really lucky. I mean, when uh, John Walkwell then was in the Festival, he mm. found it in 96, I think. and. Uh, and uh, I guess I was running into people, and he took me and Peter Sellers to see, he was had the idea, when the big thing here is a big Wagner fan. Mm -hmm. That's what's come to the full circle of yeah, yeah. the ring here with you. And he, um, he started, he thought, I said, like, big thing. I said, oh, most Chinese opera, you know, people see the acrobats for a couple of half an hours, and they bring on, there's no story. There's no mythology. I said, you need to do something uh, has, uh, you know, has a story. People will understand the culture. Mm. And he liked the idea, so I, I proposed this book, which is 55 acts. It's like one piece. I said, wow. well, that's the opera. And nobody ever done before. It was 400 years old. Mm. And people always do little excerpts, yeah. sing, sing arias in between. And uh, it's about 200 characters. The more characters than in the ring we have. And so we, uh, he said, sure, you find a way to do it. And then he wanted Peter to do a new version. I do a. Chinese traditional version. Mm -hmm. So we went to China, look at all this Chinese Baroque Opera Company called the Quinch Opera from South part of China. Mm -hmm. Five companies. Eventually, I found a young company in Shanghai. So he green-lighted and uh, in the midst of it, and he, I think, you know, get lost his job, and uh, then Nigel comes yeah. in. Yeah. And, uh, and I got in trouble because nobody know what's in the book. You know, mm -hmm. by the time you stage, I realized it's about 16 years old girl had an erotic dream, then she died. Then as a ghost, she come back, she, she seduced her lover and asked him to dig her up and marry her, then run away. Oh my God. <laughs> then hope, hope this young man to get into, uh, got into the best university in China, yeah. you know, and then and take, take him to his parents' house, her parents' house, you know, they're in between. They go through life and death and mm -hmm. all the chaos and war between, like war and peace in between. So it's this epic story from a teenage girl into mm -hmm. a womanhood about the realization of a young man. So it's, uh, it's 22 hours, more or less. But, well, it's you know, even longer than the ring. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, we call it Chinese ring. Yeah. By the time it was a sort of comparison, you know, doing comparison with the Wagner swing and the China mm -hmm. ring. And it's about six hours a day similar, but the 
because they are they're so much restrictive. Yeah. It's not constantly seen through. So yeah. it's not as taxing also the memo characters. So I, I got about 30 actors, then get them play 200 characters, so they keep changing costumes. Mm -hmm. So after a while, uh, the operation of having seen a same actor doing different character also made kind of amuse, kind of uh, kind of amusing kind mm -hmm. of thing for people to understand to see how you portray a character yeah. in different voice, different style, and that also a part of this um, worked in a way. Mm. I think that that's uh, so in a way they. They sleep four days, actors, then they do Friday matinee evening, Saturday wow. matinee evening, <laughs> Sunday. Wow. Then they sleep another four days. Yeah. So they just, it's completely, <laughs> they don't want to take a bath because they're completely exhausted yeah, yeah, sure. by the end of it. But yeah. that, that toured around every festival. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was great. It was a very famous production. So um, I guess too, that's, that was um, uh, extraordinary preparation uh, yes. for doing The Ring as well. Yeah. You want to talk just a little bit about um, um, how you're approaching uh, the Ring in Brisbane. Um, you'll be the first uh, Chinese director to have ever directed The Ring, which yeah. is um, well, in thanks itself, to you. <laughs> in itself, uh, a fantastic. It's historical. Thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's. I count it's 144 years something since yeah. the Ring premiere. Yeah. So that's not the Chinese. I think I don't think it's ever been an Asian director. No, exactly. It's all yeah. been European, Australian, or yeah. uh, Americans, and uh, well, first is really honor and also. Tremendous challenge. I remember when you were asking me, mm. I was kind of in a shock. And uh, I know you told me you have to, the office around the table right now, otherwise it would take away. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I told you you have to do it. So, and, uh, but I, I, I work in a way, um, I, you know, I was always doing kind of, uh, kind of ground floor kind of reading. Mm. I read a lot of uh, Wagner's. Uh, um, Biography, autobiography, yeah. and uh, read a lot of um, things about performance. Mm -hmm. Also, I've been doing quite a lot, look, looking through the historical productions, mm -hmm. see the arc of involvement yeah. about how people's approach, mm -hmm. how the performance style changed, or approach changed through the years. Yeah. You know, and then they listen to different recordings, you know, from 50s, Carbon to you know, to now, mm -hmm. Carl Young, and you know, for all this. Uh, performance and um, start really trying to. I thought you know it's a Pacific ring in a way, it's a China ring. Mm -hmm. I, it doesn't. I don't want to go to something too easy. Like to me, there's so much opera nowadays. The staging, the problem is that when you're trying to make it become a sitcom to tell people this guy fits just look like modern clothes, this mm -hmm. man. In a way, you take the mystery away. Yeah. You take the journey of unknown away. Yeah. So I, I don't want to do that. So yeah. I want to open up the possibility. So it's not about you know, 100 or 300 years old Nordic myth anymore. If you open up a human history, you see the possibility of a tribal, you know, primal culture which mm. is so emotional, but also the insectual relationship. And then you come to think about technology, which is mandate, was you gave me about digital. I think that that is almost when you st when I had when Star Wars started having mm. through Game of Thrones, over the most people watched the show. Then you think about how film vocabulary, a uh, television vocabulary, has changed the way of um, storytelling. Yeah. So I I was very interested how to marry the high technology and with the raw 
human prime emotion mm. to find a form like what's the new vehicle that doesn't fit just in the 20th century of um, you know, modern clothes version of any yeah. traditional opera, what would be something can be a bigger, you know, like it's not just our world, maybe it's a galaxy. Yeah. So that can, has, you have more imagination space, audience can go further. Yeah. So I so think that was- The audience, we're in the universe. Yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. universe. They flow, flow in this like river, not yeah. like tribal music, you know, yeah. it's like journey. So if you can put them in the frame of a setting, have them to float like on the boat. Mm. You know, if you create this vessel, they would experience whatever they're going to see I through. See, yeah, so I see yeah. this 20, you know, 16 hours of life journey. The image changes as mm. you, it's like you take a boat on St. Harbor. You know, you, you yeah. as you go, you, you're into somewhere. So yeah. it seems like opening up in a different world, a different universe, or a different galaxy. So I just didn't want to come down to the images like rainbow, this castle is something, mm. it's um, identifiable. Yeah. I was trying to say maybe some place you haven't been to, mm. maybe that would open your imagination. Mm -hmm. That music probably would move you instead yeah. of confirm the knowledge you already have. Yeah. So uh, to me, staging always been to, to give in some uh, opportunity for audience to go somewhere that they haven't been to. It's not something to say, oh, that's exactly what I thought. Mm. So I, I'm sort of a kind of director I was trying to go away from that school. I mean, not trying to go to the, you know, old uh, psychological uh, kind of a background than trying to do a modern uh, f formula yeah. to, f to fit in yeah. the classic myth. So I, I so wanted me, I just sort of, I wanted the myth to be a new myth. Yeah. So you can sing, you can be a springboard, you can jump into yet another universe, it can yeah. be another vehicle for you to go. Yeah. Because the music exists in, your, in our mind, it's in our ear. Yeah. In our, when you listen to it, you have images, everyone has mm. images. So what I'm doing, the, the Brisbane thing is that I, I create these images over 16 hours with designers, it's really what I see yeah. in it. In, in action, in a picture, yeah. and trying to do it in a life, so trying to put audience in that same kind of journey as I, yeah. I'm thinking through it. So in, I think um, what you're saying too is you're opening a door to a space that uh, the audience didn't know was there. Yes. So they can go in and experience that. Yes, yes. Uh, as a surprise, really. It, it has to be, because um, you told me that there's so many people go see, you know, Many, many times, yeah, the ring, yeah. and they sing 20 times. So the, the, somebody just told me, there's a guy singing 99 times before he passed away as, yeah. as a world record. I said, to me, it's like you climb uh, Himalaya, you're Mount Everest, mm. you know, you, you got enough oxygen, yeah. you, know, you have enough stamina, you sort of know mm. the, the route, yeah? yeah? Because if you know the music, yeah. you know where the music goes, you know where the story goes. The question is, what are you seeing when by the time you get there? Mm. So I'm open up possibility saying, see something else. Yeah. So I think this ring is a definitely a kind of different kind of ring. Yeah. Like it's not um, Eurocentric. It's not a reference on, on the old, uh, it's not a reference on my sort of current sort of um, approach. Mm. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a departure yeah. of this old school of coming to a you know, modern kind of a new imagination yeah. of the world. Yeah. 
No, it's fantastic. Well, we're all very excited about it. And obviously I've seen some of the rehearsals and the images and designs, and it looks wonderful. And the way people have responded in rehearsal has been fantastic too. So it'll be a lot of fun in, uh, in Brisbane in November, December. Um, I know you haven't sung for, I think, 20 years. Yes. But uh, when people do come on as a guest, uh, I ask them to, to sing something. So you've agreed to sing a song today. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. Well, <clears throat> I said I, last time I saw in poverty was uh, 96. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't warmed up voice. I've never seen on this show. Yeah. Shower, Audrey can <laughs> confirm <laughs> that. And I, uh, I, I like, I was... Uh, when I was uh, listen, learn voice, uh, there's a Mongolian song, mm. a shepherd song, mm -hmm. and it's quite beautiful. It's, it's kind of like Chinese poem. It's uh, very simple. And the melody is simple. The, the words are simple because it's it's a blue blue sky, you know. There's uh, white clouds. On the white clouds are pure white sheep, and the sheep, uh, you know, look like um, beautiful silver mm -hmm. and reflected. Um, on the uh, green grasses, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. like white, blue, the green, mm -hmm. you know, so like the uh, white silver, you know, with like an avocado, mm -hmm. and looks wonderful, beautiful. Yeah. It's yeah. just this simple kind of song, and uh, we, this is a song sort of very popular in China, mm -hmm. and every, everybody, everybody is a singer, has sing the song. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Well, Tahu Matheson is going to accompany you. Great. Um, we look forward to it. Xi Jing, thank you very much for being uh, my guest today. It's been a, a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to In Conversation with Lyndon Terracini. We hope you've enjoyed the chat and we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast. That way, you'll get each new episode as they're released. We also hope to see you in the theatre in the not-too-distant future. And you can stay up to date with all we've got going on at opera.org.au.